How do I be assertive at work without being a control freak? So <laughs> being assertive is, it's not about being a dick or yelling at people. It's speaking with authority, speaking from the center of your, your chest, your heart, your core. If you believe what you're saying, your physiology, the harmonics of that help produce that. And everybody in the room can feel that when you... If you're talking about some, maybe it's an issue at work and there's a, a problem that you're supposed to solve and you figured out what it is and you're 100% certain you got the data to back it up, you're going to put stuff on the, the probably the dry erase board or maybe a chalkboard, maybe you got a big TV or whatever, but you'll have all the facts and the data and then when you speak from authority, you'll give the answers. When people question you, then you'll be able to rebut or handle their objections just because you know it. If somebody's being like rude and talking over you, which that, that happens sometimes in my phone sessions, it's obnoxious. A guy will ask you something and, and you start talking and then he just starts talking over you because you're about to give him an answer that is unpleasant and people, you know, I'm always going to be telling people the uncomfortable truth. That's what they pay me for. People love that. They're always telling me, it's like, if you think I'm being a pussy, Corey, you need to tell me. It's like, I, I need the honest truth. Everybody in my, my family, my friends, they're all kissing my ass. And like, eh, if it's meant to be, it'll be. It's like, it's not helping. He's like, so you got to be real with me. And that's what people appreciate is that I'm real with them. And so what happens is these guys start talking over me. And I'll have to say, excuse me. It's like, you're, you know, sometimes if they keep doing it, I'll say, you're actually being rude. It's like, I'm trying to, you're paying me to give you my unvarnished opinion. And every time I start telling you, you just talk over me and you keep talking and you're trying to drown me out. And I said, I want you to contemplate. It's like typically when people do that, it's like as we're kids and we hear something we don't like, what we do, we put our fingers in our ears and we go, la, 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 la. And then, you know, that's tip, that's basically what that is. And I've had people thank me for that. And then, you know, they let me talk and then I'm able to get through because I've had other clients. I had one several years ago that did that. And just the whole time he was interrupting me. And then afterwards, he sends me this email apologizing. He's like, I didn't honestly, you were right. I didn't really under I didn't get what the solution was. I was like, he says, I'm so sorry for talking over you the whole time. And then he booked another one. And the next one, he was great. He listened. He, he got it. And then things worked out for him. So it's important you got to listen. And as the saying goes, you got two ears and one mouth to do twice as much listening as you do talking. And that's good with everybody. It's good for creating rapport with everybody. Yeah, and a lot of times a person that's in the authority position is there for a reason. So they're, sh they're there to help you and to guide you through things that you don't know and you need to learn too as well and if you're only you're being rude and you're only half ass listening then you're not learning so then you're going to have to go back to them and to ask them how to do something and it's embarrassing on your part because you should have been listening in the first place instead of being a little jerk so yes yeah, so you got to set and enforce healthy boundaries if people are being abusive or they're yelling at you because also sometimes i've talked to guys and he's got situations where the boss is like literally yelling at him in the office and front of everybody and, and berating them and st stuff like that or doing it in meetings in front of other people. And, and they go and they pull him aside. He's like, look, man, you, you can't talk to me like that. It's like, I work here, but I'm not your slave and it's rude and it's unprofessional. If you looked at the faces of everybody in the room, it's like, they, 
they don't like it, and you need you need to chillax on that. So if you get a problem with me, let's talk it out like gentlemen. But yelling at me, berating me—that's like you can't just can't do that. And sometimes they'll they'll later come. I've had guys where they've done that because it's abusive, and you can't you can't tolerate that. Nobody can tolerate that. And so you have to tactfully tell them that. But sometimes you have to be firm with people, and you have to let them know. It's just like a child. If a child is misbehaving. And they won't listen to you. It's like sometimes you just holding them down and being firm, not beating them or anything, just holding them down and like say, go to sleep or you need to do this or not do that. It's like they'll understand that you're strong enough to overpower them. And it's like a, it's dominance and it causes them to respect you. You didn't hurt them. But they could feel your power. They could feel that if you really wanted to, you could really mess mess them up. Not it's not that you want to, and it's it's the same thing when you speak up for yourself as an adult. You speak from your core, and you let like, hey, don't don't talk to me like that. That's rude. I I remember one time I was waiting tables when I was like thirty nine, forty years old, and I was not happy. And I just it was like an eight top, and these people were just rude yelling at me and it's like this guy was just condescending and i just looked at him, i was like don't talk to me like that he's like i'll do what i can to help you but it's like you can't talk to me that way he's like i said you're being rude and abusive and they were nice to me but they gave me zero tip but hey me speaking up maybe maybe i helped that guy because maybe the next time he felt like doing that he just didn't because maybe that guy was somebody that didn't care and who would pull out a knife and stab him in the throat or pull out a gun or harm him in, in some way or punch him and knock him out and him fall back and have an injury that takes years to recover. So it's it's good for everybody if you set and enforce healthy boundaries in society because if you don't set and enforce healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries at work in this case, then you get things like criminals running rampant in the street. It's like look at all the different places in the country that experiment with like no cash bail. So People are committing all kinds of felonies and crimes and murder or rape or whatever, and they're just signing a little paperwork, and you know they're they're back out in the street, and then they're committing more crimes, or each each crime gets worse until somebody ends up murdered or raped, and then it's because the criminals are being. I mean, look at San Francisco; you got gangs of criminals pulling up in multiple cars, and like a ten or fifteen of them go into a a CVS pharmacy or a uh, Louis Vuitton store or some, you know some kind of expensive store and steal a bunch of stuff and they overwhelm the staff there and then just hop in the cars and drive away and most of that stuff just doesn't even get prosecuted especially you see these homeless people walking rolling in there with a suitcase and just taking shells full of perfume or you know hair products or whatever I think they sell it online or they, they go to other people that they sell it to who they sell it online. And and a lot of these – so you got societies tolerating this ridiculous behavior. So the criminals are – they become criminal entrepreneurs and then they spend the rest of the day doing their drugs or whatever. And it's like you got to set and enforce healthy boundaries because weakness always invites aggression. We had these Chinese spy balloons just float by our country. And uh, now there was a report out that all these green lasers from a Chinese satellite were, you know, kind of sending a wall of green laser beams. You can see the video it was on Twitter. It's like, I mean, that looks to me like they're probing our defenses. We got a dementia patient as a president. We've got an idiot for a vice president. If there was a time to, you know, for the Chinese to move on Taiwan, now is the time to do it. 
because we've been sending a lot of weapons and you know the weapons that we've sent so far some of them are going to take seven years to replace those stockpiles and if taiwan goes to war with china because china's trying to take them over they're they've got our weapons we're going to be sending stockpiles of that and you got them floating spy balloons you know so it's like weakness invites aggression and that's that's the extreme case of that so it's healthy when the men of the world the really strong ones put boundaries and and you check weak people because typically these bosses or people that are are being rude at work or whatever it's like when you speak from your core they know deep down know they're being inappropriate and it's it's almost like you know the lion kind of gurgles a little bit and lets everybody else around know like don't mess with because you won't like the darkness that's inside that may come out if you violate those boundaries. And, you know, it's like we talk about the World Economic Forum and all those people. It's people don't, you know, their attitude is, hey, if you're too stupid to know what they're up to, you deserve what you got. There's a lot of ruthless people in the world that think that way. I think it's also like a lot of people are really scared of the consequences and they don't even bother like fighting back. Like, they're just minding their own business, you know, they don't want to cause any conflict or any kind of consequences that could hinder them. Some, I mean, pretty much I think this happens to most people is that you're going to deal with bullies at some point. And when you're young, it usually involves getting your ass kicked physically. But at some point, you know, the bullies, you just, when you've had enough <laughs> and that demon comes out from the inside, you got to punch him in the face. And typically, you punch a bully in the face a couple of times, he'll still probably you know get some good licks in on you, but they'll think twice about screwing with you again. And sometimes you have to do that. It's you know it's, it doesn't mean you go around being rude to people. You can always be respectful if you bump into somebody, say, "Hey, I'm sorry, my bad, my apology." If a guy's like, "You cut me off," it's like, "Hey, you're right. I'm sorry, my bad. I was I wasn't paying attention. Hey, you know, sorry about that." How do you deal with the consequences that could follow that? So I'll give you a, a perfect example, a life or death example that happened right down here in South Florida. And so in South Florida, if it's like, say, you got a road rage thing that happens. And so I had a friend who he was just trying to get somewhere quick and he cuts this guy off and the dude followed him into a parking lot. Now, keep in mind, this particular friend is um, he's he's a killer. He, he's a very experienced killer. And deployed multiple combat tours, and he has he in his line of work, he's taken out many men up close and personal in their final final moments. And he's he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, and but he's the kind of guy you don't mess with. And so in Florida, if you come and you bang on somebody's car or you punch it or you kick it. It's uh, I think it's a it's a felony assault or something like that. I can't remember the exact term. I'm sure you guys can fact check me in the, the comments. But at that point, lethal force is at least lethal force is authorized. Mm -hmm. And so this friend could have easily pulled out a knife or his pistol and ended this guy with a quickness, and he would have been totally within his rights. And one thing I know about this person is he doesn't like bullies and he got paid to murder bullies for a living and he was the best job in the world. He loved it. But at this point in his life, he, he very spiritual, spent a lot of time just, 
you know, putting the demon back deep inside and staying calm and relaxed and chilled. And so the way he handled that was the guy came over, dude's banging on his car and he has every right to kill this guy. And so he rolls down his window and the guy says, you cut me off. He's like, oh, hey, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. And the guy was like, you know, he's like, well, you should watch where you're going. He says, yeah, you're right. It's totally my bad. You know, if you want, it's like, I'd be happy to buy you coffee. You seem like you're, you know, maybe having a bad day or a difficult day. I'd be happy to lend you an ear and, and listen. And then the guy's face just, you know, he became really nice, totally dissolved it. My friend brought a much higher energy, an energy of unconditional love and acceptance and allowing this idiot who he had every right to kill legally to live and brought peace and kindness to that situation. And it like it dissolved it, even though he had every right to do that. It's like, it was the better, it was a better option for everybody. So maybe that guy had a better day because he got to vent and experience his anger. But my friend allowed in the space to vent and experience the anger, but not have it cost him his life. So maybe he learns a lesson. He did it in a safe, like, environment. So that's important for all men to understand that, to be dangerous and lethal, but kind. Mm 